Are you wanting to get started podcasting, but you're having trouble with getting over the technology aspect of it? Well, this episode is for you. All right, welcome to Creative Studio Academy. My name is Josh Rivers. I'm your host. And I am definitely excited to be able to bring this episode to be able to help you be able to look at the technology aspect of podcasting. This includes both the hardware and the software. Before we get into too much about the episode, though, I did want to let you know that I have been working with people getting their podcasts going. And so I've been doing some podcast editing, been doing some voiceover work and just kind of general consultation. And so if you are interested in this, you can go to podcastguy.co, podcastguy.co, and you can be able to get some more information about that. You can be able to contact me about getting help with your podcast as well. Now, in this um, second session about how to podcast, we're going to be talking about technology. And so, again, both the hardware and the software. And so it's not going to be a deep dive into all of it. There's definitely way too much to be able to cover in one episode. But we're going to give you enough that is going to be able to get you going in the right direction. Well, if you have any specific questions, though, you can feel free to reach out to either me or to our guest, Ray Ortega. Ray comes on the show today to be able to share his insight and also his excitement about podcasting technology. And so he's always playing with different equipment and experimenting with different audio techniques. So this is because podcasting is his full-time job, and it's also his nighttime hobby. He's the host of the podcast, uh, the Podcaster Studio, and also the Podcaster's Roundtable. And so I'm definitely excited to be able to bring him on and be able to talk to him. It's the first time I've been able to talk to him in person um, or face-to-face. We've had some interactions online, but that's about it. And so definitely excited to be able to do that. Before we get to the interview with him, I just wanted to cover some of the basics um, just to kind of lay some groundwork. And then we'll get into the interview where uh, Ray talks more about some of these specific issues. And so regarding the hardware, the podcasting hardware, there's some of the major podcasting hardware that you might use would include the microphone, an audio mixer, digital audio recorder, pop filter, and windscreen. Those are some of the more uh prominent things that you would get as a podcaster there's some additional ones too like uh there's condensers um and some different uh limiter gates and different things like that that you can be able to add as well to be able to help with the quality of the audio that you have and be able to um be able to level things out and things like that as you're recording uh we're not going to cover any of those type of equipment but Uh, Just some of these basic ones here. So first of all, the microphone is one of the basic pieces of equipment that a podcaster needs. Uh, There's a wide range of microphone options. And so you have a built-in microphone uh, that you can have with your computer or laptop. Um, And there's also high-dollar professional microphones. And so for podcasting, I would highly recommend not using the built-in microphone. And so the quality is really low. And so it's not real good for uh, recording a podcast because it makes it difficult to listen to. Uh, This would also go if you're going to be doing any other professional audio recording. If you're just talking to somebody on Skype, just having casual conversation, that's one thing. But if you're actually recording something to be able to put out to the public, 
uh, you'd want to try to get something a little bit better quality than that. And so in the episode, uh, Ray explains a little bit more about condenser and dynamic microphones. Um, and so, and for podcasters, usually you want to lean toward a dynamic microphone because it helps to cut out some of the room noise uh, that's there, whereas a condenser picks up um, a lot more of that. And so a strong recommendation for a good podcasting microphone is uh, from Audio-Technica. There's Audio-Technica ATR2100 and also the atr 2005 and so they both have a usb connection which lets you be able to plug it straight into your computer and there's also an xlr connection which is what you can use to connect it to a mixer and so and that can give you some additional options when you use a mixer which an audio mixer is the next piece of equipment that you may want to consider having and so it's really good it's really helpful when it comes to podcasting it's definitely not necessary and so I only got a mixer here recently, and I've been podcasting for two years without one. Um, so it is certainly possible to be able to podcast without a um, mixer, but usually then you have to do a lot more post-production. And so, uh, but of course, that also gives you more control over that, whereas some people, they like to be able to record everything as they go. Um, and so a term is live to drive. And so as you are recording with a mixer, you can be able to have all your sound effects and your background music and your intros and all that kind of stuff going at the same time that you are recording it. And then when you're done, there is less post-production that needs to be done. And so, um, with this episode, uh, I was trying to do a little bit of the live drive again. I just got a mixer, so I'm just experimenting with some of the stuff. And so I was playing the um, intro music um, there as we got started, and I was doing this all live. And so I started into the episode, and I got to a certain point, and I started to stumble a little too much over what I was saying. And so I had to make some adjustments and kind of delete what I was doing, and it would have been difficult for me to be able to find exactly where I was in the uh, music to be able to do that. So I just kind of faded the music out and just um, picked up where I left off on the recording. And so you may or may not have noticed that. And so, uh, but anyway, it's just something that you have to uh, keep in mind. And so as you are recording, having a mixer and mixing in different stuff live adds a little bit extra complexity. Uh, but I'm sure as you get used to it, it'll become a little easier to be able to do that as you go. And so uh, a couple other things that you might want to consider is having a pop filter or a windscreen or possibly even both. And so a pop filter is uh, is the round screen that goes between your mouth and the microphone. Its job is to reduce the harshness of the plosives, uh, which are the P's and the T's. And so um, that, that that be able to come from just when we're speaking, that some of those can be pretty harsh. Um, if it hits the microphone in a certain way um, and it causes a spike and it um, has that popping sound um, there. And so at the at the moment, I'm not using a pop filter. So you might be hearing some of those come through. And so then also it kind of reduces the loudness of some mouth noises that you make, such as uh, smacking your lips, uh, which you probably are not doing intentionally. But as you talk, your lips just smack ever so slightly. And when you're being close to a microphone, the microphone can pick up those sounds a lot more than you would notice that if you were talking to somebody face to face. 
Um, and so uh, another thing you can have is a windscreen. A windscreen is that foam ball that goes over the microphone. And so it helps reduce some of the background noise. Um, and it can also reduce some of the plosives. And so, and then some people, they use both a windscreen and a pop filter. And so that way they can be able to try to filter as much of that out as possible. And so um, I do have a pop filter and sometimes I use it, sometimes I don't. Um, and so I'm still experimenting some. And so sometimes I can tell a difference. Sometimes I can't tell a difference. So then I'm like, well, if I can't tell a difference, what's the point? But uh, I'm anyway, so I've been recording for... Uh, several episodes without a pop filter, but I'm probably gonna put it back on now that I have a mixer and maybe that can maybe do some experimentation with that as well. Um, and so the last thing I wanted to mention was a digital audio recorder. That's another piece of hardware that you may want. And so you can record using software into your computer or your mobile device, which we're going to cover here in just a second, but a digital audio recorder can be a great help. And so this is one thing that is on my wish list of things to be able to get. And so just financially, it's not feasible quite yet because it is an investment. And so uh, you want to make sure that you get something that can work for being able to plug an external source in and not just use the built-in microphone into it. Um, Some people might want to use just a built-in microphone, which if that's the case, you want to make sure that you have a good one um, that... uh, that's built into it, not um, something that's not similar to a laptop microphone, but something that can be able to record good audio that way. But when you plug something into it, um, it can really be a great help because you can have your microphone. um, And so your ATR 2100 or whatever microphone you have plug into your mixer, and then you can have the audio going from your mixer into the audio recorder. And then you could record all of the sounds and all the audio that you have going into your mixer straight into the recorder And you can be able to do that. And so one reason for using a recorder as opposed to software is that software can can occasionally crash. Um, Or you can have uh, noise that's added to the recording. And so uh, you want to be aware of that uh, when you're doing this. And so a recorder can help. Uh, Ray discusses a little bit in the uh, episode about some of his recommendations and some of the things to consider regarding an audio recorder. And so uh, moving on to podcasting software, uh, there's a couple main thing, or there's probably two that are main ones that people can use. And so the first one is Audacity. It's free, uh, which is one reason why it's so popular, but it is also uh, fairly powerful um, in the things that you can be able to do with it. And so you can record and you can be able to still do um, several effects to the software uh, or to the audio through the software. And so... um, now, some of the effects and some of the things that you can be able to do is definitely easier if you get uh, paid software, um, but Audacity can do a really good job for many podcasters, and that's what I use. Um, I know many podcasters use it as well, even ones that are uh, have been podcasting for a long time. Um, uh, excuse me, Adobe Audition is another popular software that's used, but of course, it's paid piece of software and it makes it easier than audacity to work with some of the audio and so i haven't used it yet but i've heard some people say that it's a lot easier to be able to um get some of the effects and be able to do some of the processing and things that uh, they do with their um with their software and there's you can be able to preset some stuff so that all you have to do is just click one thing and it does multiple things for you that you would want to do for um for your um uh podcast 
And so there's a couple apps also that people use on their mobile device. They might be available on um, Mac computers as well. Um, but one of them is Boss Jock Studio, and the other is GarageBand. So with GarageBand, I've never used it myself. Um, and so, but some people use it to record their podcasts. And I believe you can also do some editing and um, uploading of the episodes as well. And so some people use that exclusively, so they don't use any software on their computer. They just record into GarageBand. They uh, mix all their stuff, they edit it, and then they upload it straight from there. Um, so that's one thing that you could be able to to use. Again, I haven't used it, so I can't make any recommendations or give any help regarding that. Uh, but Boss Jock Studio I have used. And so you can be able to record into it, uh, which I haven't really done too much. I kind of played a little bit just speaking into it just to kind of uh, get an idea of uh, what the quality is. Um, but my test is probably a little skewed because uh, my phone is uh, cracked um, and some of the audio is kind of uh, distorted some. So it, it might not be giving me a um, a good example of what that is. Um, but anyway, what I use it for is um, saving some of my background music and sounds. And you can use that to be able to play the sounds um, especially with uh, now that I have a mixer, uh, like I said, I was uh, playing the background music as I was recording the intro to this, that um, I had that intro music on the Boss Jock Studio app and it was going into my mixer. So all I had to do was just push the button to be able to start the audio and it would start it and then I could just click it again. And I can make it stop. And so I also have options on the phone to be able to um, increase and decrease the volume, or I could just use the knob that's on my mixer to be able to do that. So I start it at one level, and then as I get ready to talk, I can be able to turn the volume down, and it's still playing in the background while I start talking. And so a lot of things you can be able to do with those options there. And so um, some other software that you might um, have is uh, Skype. And so a lot of people, when they do interviews, they'll use Skype to be able to do those interviews. And then when you're using Skype, uh, there's some software also that you can be able to use to record. And so um, one that I use is iSkype free. Um, and so it's obviously free, um, but it records Skype conversations. And when it records it, it records yourself in one side and then the person you're talking to or records into the other side as far as um, the right and left channels so then when you go back and edit it you're in separate channels so that if there's background noise or something that needs to get taken out on one side uh so let's say that the my guest is speaking but something happens on my side i bump my microphone or my kids run into the room and start screaming or something like that i can be able to take that out without affecting what the guest is saying and so uh, it, it's a way to be able to do that. Or if I'm speaking and the guest has something going on in their background, I can edit that part out. Um, and then it doesn't affect anything that's happening while I'm speaking. And so, uh, it, it's very useful, but again, software can crash. And there's been a couple times when, um, it's messed up on me. There's been uh, a couple of the issues I've had is uh, I haven't had it happen recently, but I have had it happen to where, um, the two, channels are offset from each other uh, so it's almost like they're recording at slightly different speeds so that when you get to a certain part of the episode we end up it sounds like we're talking over each other even though 
we never actually did. It just recorded that way. So then you have to go in and in post production, you just go through and you edit and you line everything up the way it's supposed to be. Um, so it just takes a little bit extra work for that. Uh, but I have had it happen to where it stopped recording. Um, and I lost the entire, um, no, actually, no, I didn't lose the entire recording of it, but it stopped recording and we were in the middle of talking. And so it, it just caused an issue as a result of that. And so, um, again, when you have a digital recorder, you can be able to avoid, um, that software, um, issue that's there. And so, uh, when you're doing that, you can be able to record with the software, but also record on the, uh, recorder. That way you have two copies, you have a backup just in case. And so, um, another negative for recording with, um, the iFree, um, i iSkype free or iFree Skype recorder is, um, is that it, it saves it as an MP3, which is the ultimate file type that you want when you're podcasting. But, um, if you want to go back and do editing to it, which usually you need to, um, it's a compressed file. So then you go and you do your editing and then you compress it again. So it has multiple compressions then, which takes away from the audio quality. Whereas if you were to record everything into a digital recorder, then you can, um, be able to save that as a wave or some other, um, uncompressed format that way you're not compressing it. You just go in, you edit it, and then you just compress it once going down to MP3. And so you can be able to get a better quality audio that way. And so just some things to be able to consider. And so we got into a little bit more detail than I originally intended. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit more about some of the podcasting software and some of the techniques you can be able to use in uh, future sessions. Uh, but in this one, I did want to focus on the technology of it. And with this, we're going to go ahead and transition right into the interview and so um, we start talking to Ray, and he tells us a little bit about himself. All right, welcome to the show, Ray. How are you doing today? Hey, thanks, Joshua. I'm doing great, and I appreciate you asking me to be on the show. Yeah, I'm definitely glad to be able to make it work with you. We're a couple time zones apart and working different shifts, and so uh, I know it's uh, been difficult for me to be able to just get on to uh, listen to one of your podcasts, um, Podcasters Roundtable, and uh, so... Uh, just be able to connect with you is great. This is the first time we've been able to talk in person, so I appreciate it. Yeah, and it's so, always fun. Yeah, oh, sorry, it's, it's always fun to. And I feel like there's sort of this escalation of relationship, right? We might tweet each other, or you might listen to the show and then tweet, and then maybe we get on Skype, and then hopefully we'll see at a conference. So that's you know, and then all of a sudden you know you got great friends. So that's what's fun about podcasting. It is. And so it's a really, really cool community. And so um, something I've been learning more and more over the last two years I've been podcasting. And so uh, very helpful people, at least for the majority of the part, there might be a couple uh, people that sneak in that. Right. But, uh, but the vast majority of people, it's like they find something out. They, they got no problem sharing their secrets and tricks and all that kind of stuff. And you're definitely no exception, uh, exception to that. And I know a lot of times when you come on the show, you're kind of uh, you kind of hold back on uh, geeking out a little bit. But uh, I'm gonna kind of open the floodgates a little bit, let you geek out a little bit um, here. And so, uh, as we talk about some uh, technology and uh, some of the equipment that we can use as podcasters, but just before we do that, though, I want you to tell a little bit about your story. And so, you always open your podcast with that uh, podcasting is your day job and your nighttime hobby. Can you? Tell us a little bit more about that then. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, it is, you know, it started off as a hobby. With most podcasters, that's how it starts off. Even, you know, most of the time, podcasters don't even have any kind of training. We come from all kinds of backgrounds, right? And so back in, well, gosh, 2005, uh, we'd all kind of been booted off of Napster. So I went and uh, exiled. I went over to uh, iTunes to get legit. And I saw this little thing. It said podcast. And I clicked on it. And it was just two guys. It was literally kind of the joke we joke about in the sort of how to podcasting circles, two guys in a basement, right? I mean, that was that was what they were doing. And uh, it was amazing to me just because I could hear them. I mean, like all, all of a sudden these guys who clearly were not professionals yet were on iTunes. So I was like, how in the world are they doing this? So, you know, after that, you know, a lot of people, they subscribe to one and then they catch the bug and they subscribe to a bunch. And so I did that. And, excuse me, and, you know, after a while, I think podcasters, they listen and then they decide, well, I'm going to start my own. So I started my own pretty much to learn uh, how podcasting was done. I wanted to learn the tech. So I started a video podcast. I had already, uh, you know, been shooting and editing video as a hobby. So it seemed like a natural transition. And I created a video show. Uh, It started, it was, I think it was in iTunes, like January of 2007. So uh, it's always fun to ask podcasters when they started because the show started being created in 2006, but I'll, I'll say 2007. And uh, so I created that. Uh, I ended up right at about that time, same time I moved to Washington, D.C. with my now wife and I didn't know anybody. So I just checked local meetup groups on meetup.com, which is a great site. Go there and type in podcasting. See if there are podcasting groups in your area. And that's, there was, there was a whole group of people who were doing this new thing called podcasting. So I kind of found my people and I went out there, hung out with them, uh, got, just got deeper and deeper into um, learning everything there was about podcasting. And eventually through those through that group, I met someone else who was uh, running a network of shows for a science-based uh, organization out in DC. And they had a successful podcast network already. They were really early to the game. And it was so successful that they were actually looking to hire someone else to help with the production. And, you know, I heard about this. I had been given talks at that little group. So sort of establishing myself as an expert on the topic of how to podcast and, um, you know, got the interview and it was a contract position. Then, you know, six months later, they said, we'll hire you full time. And that was like six years ago. Right. So I had this hobby show. Uh, I was able to turn it into a full-time career, and now I'm a professional podcast producer, something that I hope is a normal job title uh, just almost in the next few years. That would be great. Yeah, it definitely sounds really cool. I am started to do a little bit of podcast production a um, little bit here on the side, and so I definitely identify a little bit with that. And so definitely exciting to be able to uh, be able to do that, be able to take your hobby, something that you love and you enjoy, and you can be able to uh, make that your income. Uh, that could be your job. So uh, very awesome. Very cool story. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the uh, podcast that you have going on right now? Yeah. So that first podcast I started was actually a show about how to basically select fresh fruits and vegetables. It's sort of a green grocer type thing or show for the internet, which hadn't been done. And it was because that's where my expertise uh, was at the time that I had started podcasting. I was working in uh, grocery store and produce department and had all this crazy knowledge about how to do this. And, um, so I, when I decided to teach myself podcasting, I was like, like much like new podcasters, they think I want a podcast. What am I going to podcast about? Right. So I had all this knowledge and I applied that to the video show 
learned all about podcasting for a year and a half. And then once I got hired on, I realized that my expertise had had shifted to really to podcasting. So I was like, well, I'm ready to start a show about podcasting. So back in, I think it was 09, I launched the Podcasters Studio, which is an audio only show. Also another way for me to teach myself audio only production, uh, more than I've just played around with, right, as a hobby. And I launched that show. It's a show about how to podcast. That's exactly what it is. And I do interviews, but I teach people how to start and you know make their shows better, monetize on their show if they want that. And uh, that show is still going. It's not as regular as I wish it was, but it's still going. And uh, gosh, I don't know how long it's been, but it's been over a year, maybe almost two years now. I started Podcasters Roundtable, which is the show you alluded to in the beginning uh, that you don't usually get to show up. And people might be thinking, what do you mean? It's a podcast, right? This is time shifted. <laughs> you don't have to show up. But that is a live show done as a Google Plus Hangout on air. And it's recorded and then sent as an audio-only version into a podcast feed. So it's a video show done live, uh, just talking head stuff on Google Plus Hangouts on air, which anyone can do. It's a great way to get your foot or your feet sort of wet in video podcasting, in live streaming. Of course, it's not podcasting because YouTube is not podcasting. But once you then take the audio from that, put it into a proper podcast feed, then it becomes a podcast. So those are the two shows. I've had other shows along the way. Some are on hiatus. Some are in the planning stages. So, you know, this happens to podcasters. You start one, you decide you like it, if you stick around, because it's really hard. But then inevitably, you come up with ideas for new shows. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, usually most podcasters that I've heard of, they they start one and then uh, normally there's at least one or two others that creep up not too long after that. And and so there's always that itch to do a little bit more, do something a little different. So, yeah, very good. Um, I want to kind of switch over and talk to... um, talk to the listener a little bit about some podcasting equipment and technology. Um... And so I'm, we were kind of talking a little bit beforehand, so I, um, and I've been involved a little bit. So uh, I, I kind of have an idea of what you're going to say, at least. But uh, I'm almost hoping that you're going to surprise me. But uh, anyway, what are some things that a beginner podcaster would look at when it comes to getting started as far as technology and equipment? When it comes to gear, I mean, that's one that everyone always wants to talk about. And it can be... Uh, it can be important. I think that if you're going to spend all this time producing a podcast, because trust me, it is going to become like another full-time job. Uh, it's going to take a lot of your time. I mean, besides the production, there's just the uh, you know per, you know marketing and getting out there in the community. I mean, it's just so much to podcasting um, that I think you should try to put your best foot forward. Fortunately, that doesn't require a lot of money. I think a lot of people think, oh, I got to spend a ton of money to sound really good. I'm coming to you right now from a USB microphone, which is a newer a microphone on the market. It's a, maybe almost a couple of years now it's uh, been here. It's the ATR2100. This is a great microphone. So, you know, I really think that you could have a budget of, you know, $50. This microphone's around $50. And that's it. There's free software. You can record yourself on your computer. Uh, that is the the sort of dead basics. Get a microphone that sounds decent. And if you want to sound like some of the best podcasts, I think that this microphone, this ATR2100 is sort of the bottom level, has a really good sound. And what's really cool about it, like I said, it's USB. So it's very easy. You plug it in, you open your software and you can record. But when you decide to get a little more advanced and maybe you get into something like a mixer, uh, you can uh, use this microphone 
unlike other USB microphones, which become paperweights, this one actually has XLR output as well. Okay, so so this microphone grows with you. Now, there's been some criticism that it might be, you know, it's 50 bucks, so it could break on you. So you could upgrade to a microphone that's twice the price, like a Shure SM58, where you can literally use it as a hammer. I saw my boss use it as a hammer on one of our uh, one of our <laughs> location shoots, um, and and then we used it as a guest microphone. Uh, that thing's a tank, and you see it on every every rock club and rock stage in in the in the in, well around the world for the last probably forty years or something. So, you know, there's all types of different levels. But in the beginning, you know, if you just pick out something that's gonna make you sound you know, decent. It doesn't have to be like this crazy over the top radio voice. No one, here's the thing, new podcasters, nobody likes their voice. And what I say to that is just going to have to get over it because, and just know you're not alone. Just know you're not alone. You'll, you'll edit enough. You'll get used to it. And it's not about the voice in podcasting, not at all. And so don't try to get all this gear to change your voice. Um, we want the authentic you, right? People start to, they listen to a show maybe because the topic, but they stick around for the host. And, you know, if you met me in person and I sounded much different than I do now, that would be weird. It would be like, well, I don't feel like I, I kind of feel like Ray's sort of hiding behind this microphone. So, but this is pretty much how I sound. So yeah, I mean a real, you know, a basic microphone, $50 investment. I mean, there are video games that cost 60 bucks. I think video games in standard, they cost $60. So you know, and that's a what a hobby you're going to do for, you know, a month. Maybe you might play a game and and beat it. So this is one you're going to stick around. And guess what? There's eBay, right? So if it doesn't work out, you can just sell that thing. Yeah, definitely. I was able to get mine about a year and a half ago, back when ATR 2100s were uh, still in the 30s um, yeah. price. And so, uh, in hindsight, I kind of wish I would have uh, grabbed maybe another one or two just so I could have it and maybe resell it make some money or something but uh but yeah I mean, it's been a really good mic that um that i've had and um i've transitioned from usb straight to the computer to now i'm going through a mixer and so uh definitely a, a very good and versatile microphone for sure now um i i I, I'm sure it's not complicated, but what about like um headphones and things like that and so what are some things to consider when getting some headphones i mean we could use i suppose maybe just some um earbuds or something but uh, what do you recommend for that yeah i mean with all my experience and and skills in podcasting uh, again usb atr 2100 coming to you right now and i have my free well not free but the earbuds that came with my iphone i paid for them that's for sure and um <laughs> that's all i have now you know you don't have to be extremely it's not audiophile type stuff, right? Which is super nitpicky. You have to hear the complete frequency range. It helps. I mean, you can get a pair of over-the-ear headphones that are really nice when you're going to actually start editing. If you're going to get into all the post-production, right? So you want to maybe mess with some EQs and take out the low end and you know do subtle adjustments to the high end. That, it's kind of advanced stuff. So until you're doing that, really anything that you put into your ears is, is going to work just so that, you know, the main purpose is for, well, in our situation right now, the main purpose is that, uh, you, your voice isn't coming out of my computer and going back in the microphone and causing feedback. Uh, the other purpose when you're recording, why you want to have any kind of headphones on is that you can catch mistakes when they happen. I mean, you don't want to record an hour long podcast, the best one you've ever recorded, I guarantee it to then bring it into your audio editor 
and hear that the microphone was, you know, causing some kind of weird issue. Maybe it wasn't on. I mean, there could be all kinds of issues. If you can hear that in real time, you can catch those. So in the beginning, yeah, just get some headphones. The important thing is to be able to hear what you're recording. Now, what about um, software? What are um, the different software things that people can look at to be able to get started to help them with it? Yeah, there's so much software. I mean, you can get lost in it, but Audacity is free. I mean, you can go out. It works on Linux, uh, Windows, Mac. And, you know, what? what's the price of free in that case? Probably just uh, workflow. It's a little more difficult to work in. It's just a little more, I don't know how to put it, maybe a little more kludgy. I mean, you got to go out and uh, you might have to download a couple additions to put in it to like compress to MP3 if you want to do that. Although I think there's better ways to do it. Maybe if you want a different like compressor or something like that, but it's free. And in the, for the most part, the software is not going to necessarily make you sound any better. It's just as you upgrade to software like audition, Adobe edition, uh, both for Mac and PC, you can do things a little faster. You have some nicer control. Yeah. It's funny because when you, once you sort of master how to, just record something clean, right? So it sounds decent. Um, the changes after that are very small, right? So it, you increase in quality, but in small steps. There's a big jump between, like, say, using something like the onboard microphone on your computer and using, like, an ATR2100. But then after that, once you've got it clean, because that's the key, is, is to get the recording in clean. And I mean just not a lot of noise, uh, another factor that comes in with the microphone is the, is the environment you're recording in. I mean, we talked about before we went live here about kids, there were kids outside my house, like screaming, which doesn't usually happen. And you have young ones and they're usually in the house and you try to ask them to be quiet. I mean, so the environment you record in the microphone you use are going to be two of the largest factors to getting a nice clean recording. After that, you're really kind of just polishing it. Yeah, and actually thinking about that, the um, the two microphones you mentioned before, the ATR2100 and the Shure SM58, um, they're both dynamic microphones. Can you tell us a little bit about the difference between dynamic and condenser? Yeah, that, I mean, that goes directly to the recording environment. So for the most part, podcasters do not record in professional studios. We are we are two guys or two gals in a basement. Okay, so you're in a spare room of your bedroom, and actually, if you hear, if you listen close, if you know what to hear, uh, listen for. Right now, I'm in a terrible room for podcasting, so I'm trying to be a little closer to my dynamic microphone. And what the dynamic is doing is it's rejecting some of the external noise better than a condenser would. A condenser is extremely sensitive and just picks up all these sounds. So those kids playing outside, uh, you may or may not hear them on a dynamic microphone, but on a condenser, you, you probably most certainly are going to hear that. Um, if I, you know, if something falls in the next room, you're going to hear that on a condenser mic, whereas a dynamic, you're not necessarily going to, because it's just, it's you, the rejection is more, it's, it's not as open. I mean, not to be, I'm not a mic geek other than to tell you that if you're a podcaster and you're not an ideal situation recording wise, a dynamic's going to benefit you uh, more than a condenser. Now, the last uh, piece that I wanted to um, mention was um, about digital recording devices. Um, you got some insight on um, that as well? Yeah, I mean, I love, re personally, I like recording into an audio recorder. I mean, 
It takes me off the computer. So again, it goes to environment. One thing that can happen or that can occur when you're recording into software in your computer is the fans on your computer could spin up really loud. And Macs actually seem to do this a lot. And my iMac can get pretty noisy, especially if you're going to run software uh, that's doing something real time like recording. So, you know, I enjoy recording into recorders for all kinds of reasons. That's one of them. Um, less likely to crash, although, you know, that's not a complaint I hear too much uh, on the software side. Most of the time it won't crash. Uh, they're portable. You know, you can take them on the road. That's really nice. And I have several different versions of these. Uh, I have an old Edderall. I've got a Tascam. And there are some newer Zooms that I really like. And it really just depends on how you're going to record. I always encourage people to please ask me before they buy gear. Like, you heard me talk about this microphone. It might not be the right microphone for you. Uh, there are different recorders. So always ask because there are these sort of packages that people sell for podcasting. And in most cases, they're a much more than you need or they're just completely wrong. They're just not what you need. So you should ask somebody for assistance. You mentioned there's a lot of help in this community. All you have to do is post something on the Facebook group or, or Google Plus and both of those have podcasters community and you'll get basically like free consulting. Now you have to take it with a grain of salt and, and pull it together, you know, don't take the first advice you get. Make sure you can mm -hmm. kind of check that against <laughs> others. But, you know, yes, I like audio recorders. Um, I tend to can get a cleaner sound, but that's just a personal workflow. Uh, it, You know, another good use of them is that you can plug them into like a mixer, which then you could go to, uh, you could send the mixer to your computer and record in software, and you could back up with an audio recorder to sort of, to make sure that you don't really ever lose a recording because if the computer crashes, you have the audio recorder, vice versa. So, yeah, I'm a fan of audio recorders, but again, there are ones with XLR inputs. There are ones that just have the little sort of consumer one-eighth inch in inputs. It really just depends on what you're trying to do. Very good. And so if people do have questions about that and they want to get your advice on the recorder or other equipment, where can they get a hold of you? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Twitter, so I'm actually named – I have – at Podcast Helper on Twitter. So you can always tweet me at Podcast Helper. Uh, that is clearly set up to answer questions. But uh, Ray at thepodcasterstudio.com or thepodcasterstudio.com is all kind of the same place. Uh, you can find everything I do at rayortega.com. So lots of different ways. I am the, I think I'm the bet, the most, uh, internet friendly Ray Ortega. So if you Google me, <laughs> hopefully I'm right there at the first top results. So if you just remember my name, you, you should be able to find me. No problem. Very good. I'll make sure to have uh, links in the show notes as well. Is there anything else that you'd like to wrap this up with as we close? Yeah. I mean, if you're considering starting a podcast, I would say go ahead and just do it. Um, people try to wait until they're ready or they do have all the right gear. I mean, if you can't get the microphone. It doesn't mean, you know, you might have 50 bucks, but figure out how to optimize what you have and just start recording. I mean, let's face it, in the beginning, no one's listening. So <laughs> it's a good chance because you're going to have to build an audience. A podcast is a long game. So, uh, you know, just start because you're going to be better six months from now than you are right now, but you can't get better until you hit the record button and it, it's for real. It has to matter. You can practice all you want, but you need to start publishing stuff and start building that audience because people will listen eventually. Uh, you may be someone who has already a huge audience you're thinking about podcasting. I would still encourage you to get out there and start podcasting. If you just think you might want to try, do it. Reach out. Ask for help if you have questions. But uh, yeah, just start recording yourself 
and uh, put out the content that you, you know is inside and you know you want to share. So get started. Well, I do hope that interview was helpful and informative and maybe a little entertaining as well. And so if you want to get the show notes to this, you can be able to go to creativestudio.academy slash three dash two, and you can be able to get the show notes for that. If you want to sign up for the email newsletter, you can be able to get the ebook that I put together, Your Website 101. It has seven simple steps to be able to get started with your website. You can be able to get that by going to uh, academygift.co. And that'll take you right to the page that you need to be able to sign up for that. And I definitely would love for you to be able to uh, get a hold of that. You'll also, um, when you get on the newsletter, uh, you'll get updates whenever new episodes are posted and when new posts are posted. Um, And then you'll also be notified of some uh, different things. And occasionally you'll get some uh, uh, additional articles just for you or some other uh, things that I come across I want that I think will be pertinent to you as well. And so that would be a great way for you to be able to get that information. And so with that, I think we're going to go ahead and just wrap it up and uh, definitely want to see you and hear from you. So you can leave me a comment again, creativestudio.academy slash three dash two, or you can send me an email by clicking on the contact button there on the website. And I'm definitely excited to be able to uh, talk to you and happy podcasting.